Let's start with the SADC summit that took place in Pretoria over the weekend, arguably overshadowed by the focus on Grace Mugabe's diplomatic immunity and the standoff between SAA and Air Zimbabwe. But uh, what were some of the main discussion points at the summit? Yes, again, I must admit it was quite difficult to find the real news of the summit between all the focus on Grace Mugabe and her diplomatic immunity. Um, yeah, in fact, by the time this, the, the ceremony closed yesterday, most of the leaders had already left, um, including Robert Mugabe and, and Grace, um, who never even showed up for the summit. But, you know, in the past, the SADC summit um, has often um, focused quite a bit on how to secure um, a peaceful region, um, but it has shifted and moved on um, looking this time around at issues such as agriculture, energy, industrialization in particular. Um, and, and although there was some discussion around uh, the DRC President Joseph Kabila's failure to step down from office when his second and constitutionally limited term came to an end in December last year, he did not attend the summit, um, which might be a sign that, that his um, favor within the Saudi um, community is, is, is not what it used to be. Um, they also discussed uh, membership from um, the Kamals, for example, as well as from Burundi, although you know it's unlikely that Burundi will be included in the SADC region anytime soon, Tanzania is certainly pushing very hard for them to be admitted. But, but yes, two areas of regional development focus this time around, very much a focus on agriculture and energy, um, and really looking... <coughs> Sorry, really looking to exercise on the new SADC secretariat structure, which which really looks at the coordination um, of these different programs. And they really want to focus quite a bit on regional agricultural investment um, in looking at, at, at doing more within the region for the region. We also had um, President Zuma appointed as chairperson of SADC, um, and his focus has been very much on regional industrialization in particular. He spoke at length about um, the major water project or the, the channel water um, which they are looking at between the, the mountains of Lesotho and, and Botswana um, and, and he was um, not sure if it was just tongue in cheek but he pointed out that he believes that South Africa should be paid some sort of commission for the fact that the water will be travelling through South Africa um, but the, he was a lot more serious certainly when he said that um, the SADC region should demand a lot more for um, participation in natural gas resources that are um, explored and found in our region by international companies and that we're not really getting enough from that. So certainly a focus a lot more on how we can exploit what is already available within the region and by cooperating with one another um, achieve a lot more. So, of course, we also saw, for example, the African Regional Centre of the BRICS Development Bank that was launched in Stanton this week. Um, but, yes, they're really looking also at focusing on these so-called bankable infrastructure projects that can be funded through the BRICS Bank or certainly the regional centre of the BRICS Bank as well. So sticking with that, uh, the BRICS Bank, uh, that's of course expected to focus more on infrastructure finance, uh, Narina, and yet it promised, uh, the promised loan to ESCOM has been put on ice. Uh, what's the reason for that? Yeah, so, so this 2.4 billion rand for that was was made in April 2016, so about 18 months ago. This was to focus specifically on green energy projects. 
Um, and it was really based on the assumption that Eskom would use this funding specifically for transmission lines between the renewable energy from independent power pr- producers to the national grid. But because Eskom has subsequently refused to sign up these new state agreements with the renewable energy projects, um, they, um, Eskom is arguing that these will not be cost effective, so they have not signed these agreements. And so this new development bank of, of BRICS um, has basically said, well, in that case, then the loan cannot be, uh, cannot be extended. So, yes, they are looking to, to loan up to $1.5 billion um, to South Africa for infrastructure projects over the next 18 months. But it's interesting to see that it's going to be, they have, they're going to have to apply the money for the project um, for which it was intended. Um, and if not so, then these, these, uh, the funding will certainly not be available to the extent that we were hoping for. Mm. And just coming back to that standoff between SAA and Air Zimbabwe and Arena, um, well, it's still unsure if this was related to the diplomatic spat or not. But what we do know is that both of these airlines are currently experiencing financial difficulties. So state airlines are not something that will be funded by the Briggs Bank. So where to next for SAA? Yeah, indeed. So, so you know, one of the suggestions that's been made is that um, Telcom, uh, that the government should sell its remaining stake in Telcom um, in order to be able to recapitalise SAA quite quickly. One of the, the quotes that I read over the weekend was um, saying that that was akin to selling the family solver to bail out the family drunk. Now, um, that is one way of looking at it. Um, <laughs> certainly, we know that we've got more than 700 state-owned companies in South Africa, but, you know, not all of them are going to make business sense for an investor to buy. Two main reasons why a shareholder um, will consider selling an asset um, would be either to make a lot of money or to get out of a difficult situation. So if you're in a situation where you've got falling tax revenues and rising expenditure and ballooning debt obligations, um, you know, these would be reasons that you would consider to sell one state entity for another. But in this case, we're actually doing it or considering the other way around because, I mean, in the last year alone, um, the state received three billion rand in taxes and dividends from Telcom. So certainly, a, a, you know, a state-owned entity that is actually delivering the goods. So one of the suggestions is that uh, South Africa should actually partially privatise more of these state-owned entities, like SAA and Prasa and even Eskom, um, and, and maybe we can see a similar sort of turnaround in these state-owned entities as we've seen in Telcom since it was partly privatised. A, a good. 15 years ago. Um, so I guess one could ask yourself the question, but why the Treasury bailout SAA um, recently? It was a, a 2.3 billion rand loan that they settled on on, on Eskom's behalf, sorry, on SAA's behalf with Standard Chartered Bank. And, and the comment really was that if they were allowed to, SAA to, if that one loan was allowed to, to default and not be paid, then it certainly would trigger the recall of significantly more loans um, from other Creditors, and it was really to protect that um, that potential that they that they decided to to bail out um, SAA specifically with this loan. Um, but you know what? Um, when we look at where we stand at the moment and what would be needed, we're going to have to do so much more than just sell assets in order to improve our our economic growth. So we will have to offload some of the baggage of this these SOEs that we hold. Um, and and yes. 
Telcom, the stipend Telcom worth uh, probably somewhere between 13 and 14 billion rand. That certainly will go some way um, to keeping SAA afloat. But government also intends to sell five blocks of 4G spectrum. Um, and it's expected that these could be sold for as much as 3 billion rand each. And certainly the mobile telecoms industry has indicated that this type of spectrum was desperately needed by the industry. So I guess there's still a little bit of, of uh, jewels left in the, in the family silver. Um, uh, crate, but let's not sell these family jewels, as it was said, to fund the family drugs. Well, Narina, we're going to leave it there for today. <laughs> Thank you so much on that very sober note. Uh, we'll chat to you again tomorrow. Narina Fissa, our market commentator this morning.